So Ephesians chapter 5, I made uh, just kind of tongue-in-cheek this morning uh, when the church was pretty much still empty. I said, this is the last time I'm going to tell, tell the folks what I'm preaching on next week. And it was about understanding men, understanding women. But I don't think that has anything to do with, uh, with our, our numbers today. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to continue that or we're going to finish that this morning. Uh, will be the scripture we used last week, Ephesians 5, going down to verse 22. It says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, uh, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which is he is the Savior. Uh, and we'll go ahead and read 24. I think I put 22 and 23 up. But now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands <clears throat> in everything. And today we're going to continue our study and yes, we can understand one another, and I've, I said we're not trying to, to go and look at a whole bunch of different things. We're just looking at a couple of different things today, uh, and, um, and understanding each other may be easier than we think, and uh, you know, ladies, men are pretty simple, okay? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't take a lot to uh, understand us or make us happy, okay, and I won't even go there, but... Uh, Think about, I listen to this guy on the computer sometimes, it's Bar 7 Ranch, do any of y'all watch him, uh, he and his wife, they have a ranch in Texas, and he, uh, they're always bantering back and forth to each other, different things, uh, but the, he's, he gives a Bible uh, sermonette, he calls it on Sundays, and he has some good advice a lot of times, and uh, he was talking about, somebody asked him, uh, or but people write in, ask them questions, and he and his wife answer them. And so uh, he, they said, "What you know? How do you keep a? How do y'all keep your relationship so good?" They've been married twelve or thirteen years, and uh, he's standing out in a field, and there's just a a chimney uh, standing out in a field. If you've ever been out to to West Texas and and South Texas, a lot of times driving down the road, you'll just see an old chimney out there. You know, rock built out of rock and kind of wonder, and, and he, he said, you know, uh, to me it's kind of like this, you see this chimney behind us in this field, and he said at some point somebody had built a house here, they had squared it up, they had put lumber together, they had nailed it together, they may have countersunk all the nails, they put a roof on it, they cared for the house, they cared for the yard, but over time uh, they quit caring for it, they quit taking care of it, they quit keeping the maintenance up on it, and and over time, it deteriorated till it finally fell as a house. And uh, I thought that was a pretty good illustration of, of marriage. And I understand everybody here is not married, and there's, there's a lot of different circumstances why. Uh, but I think we can, uh, we can still learn something from God's Word. And also, if you're young, you're not married, I think this is something you can start kind of building a foundation on. I uh, if, if I do your wedding, I'm probably going to want to talk to you uh, a few times before we get married. And uh, I, I cover something I preached on one time, okay? That's ten things, five things that women want, five things that men want. And uh, a, a year or two ago, I was doing this, uh, this study with this couple, and she said... Uh, you preached on this one time, and I said, yeah, I did, and she said, uh, I remember that, and she gets these notes out, and she was single at the time, and I said, I am so impressed that you actually kept those, and that you actually 
have looked at them. She said, oh, yeah, I looked at them all the time uh, because she understood that it's going to be an effort. And with that, uh, just another illustration, think about, think about keeping your, your vehicle running. I don't know how to do a lot of different repairs. I worked at a, at a garage, and we did all kinds of repairs back when I was in high school and after I got out of high school. But if you can get the right manual, you can pretty much do anything. Uh, if you get a manual, you can look and find out what to do. I have a, I have a New Holland uh, HW340. What that is, it's a swather. That's one of those hay cutters that you drive. And uh, it, it broke. And I, I thought, I'm going to fix this myself. Uh, and I got online, and I was going to download a, a service manual. And that thing was $85. Now, that's an expensive book to me, <laughs> uh, $85 book. And uh, so I thought, I'm not going to order that $85 book. I had the owner's manual already. So uh, what do you all think I did? I, I Googled it on YouTube. <laughs> and I found it. And I found what I was trying to do. And I read it, and I watched it, and... Uh, I said, I think I can do that, you know, and I, I went out and I took it all apart and it's still sitting under the shade tree in the backyard, but, but no, it's just been, a, that hasn't been like a year ago, that was like three weeks ago, and uh, I haven't, but I've got all the parts, I got it apart, I got part of it back together, I'm going to finish the, the job, but I haven't had a chance to get back to it, but, uh, you know, just, uh, if we take the book and we look at our vehicle or we look at a swather or we look at our lawnmower a lot of times if we put a little effort into it we can we can study a manual we can watch a youtube video we can google something we can read about hey this is what you need to do this is what you need to do and we can figure out how to repair things now i want to think about the most important book that we have is the bible and think about the worth of the bible you may go have a, you may go spend eighty five dollars for a Bible. I don't know. Uh, the, I don't remember the last Bible I bought. This Bible here was given to me by my youth group uh, when I was youth minister at Fairview, up close to Allen, between Allen and McKinney, and that was uh, nearly thirty years ago. So I've had this same Bible. I've got it black taped together, and uh, but I don't know how much Bibles cost today. But I tell you this: if you can't afford one. Come see me, because I've got eight or ten in my office, and I would love to give you a Bible if you don't have one. So, uh, but, but think about the value of this book. And for us to understand how to repair a number of things, whether it's a life, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a family, all of it's in this manual. And this manual is, is of great value for us for any number of things in life, and we happen to be talking about how we can understand our spouses today and how we can make our marriages better. And the first thing we see, and this is what we covered last week, we find right there in verses 22 through 24, and I'm not going to read that again. You can, but it says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And I told you last week, this, uh, this verse has been distorted by a lot of men, but it's also been discarded by a lot of women. So uh, it's been distorted and discarded, and, and uh, uh, it's important for us to live together in love, and it's important for us to understand 
the steps we need to take. Now, I, I could give you an illustration about even working on my cutter. Uh, if you don't follow step by step, something gets left out, doesn't it? And if you work on your own vehicles or you repair your own things, don't you hate... Uh, this thing has a knuckle and a, a, some different some different shafts, and it, you've got to get them all lined up and get it all stuck together, and then you've got to get a plate under it, and then it all sets together. And I got all of that done, and I was pretty proud. And I looked, and I had missed a big old washer, <laughs> and I had to take it all back apart. And what I did, I just kind of got in a hurry, and I, let, I missed a step. Uh, if I had looked at the manual a little bit more along the, along the road, I would have got all the steps right, and I wouldn't have had to, to have all of this heartache of taking things apart that I'd already done and trying to repair it. So the, the, truth is, the truth is marriage, we don't need to disregard any part of it, but, but at the same time, we can't distort a lot of it. We can't say, oh, I'm not sure that's going to matter that much. I'll just leave it out because at some point in the future, something's going to start wearing out because we've discarded something or we have, we have taken something and we've distorted what it really means. So uh, I said, you know, that, that one main reason I think uh, this scripture is, is overlooked a lot of times is the world tells us that when you read that scripture, men are saying they're superior to women. The Bible does not say that. Matter of fact, God says we're created equally. Uh, I talked a little bit last week about the, the, the animal. Has two heads, it's it's not normal. It's it's a it's freak. It's something wrong with it. Uh, and so God had to put uh, marriage together, and in marriage, in His plan, He put <coughs> excuse me, He put that that man would be the head of the home. Uh, you know that in in Genesis, where God cursed man and woman for sin, one of the things that He said for the woman was. Your desire will be for your man. Now, what does that mean? Well, for us as guys, we would think, boy, my wife really desires me. You ladies know that is not what it meant, don't it? And guys, I hate to tell you, that's not what it means. The curse was, God said man will be the head of the family and the woman will always desire to be in that position. In other words, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be conflict. All through the Bible, we see that conflict. Still today, we see that conflict. So if you'd say, well, it works for me, we're going to make that work. And well, we need to understand, yeah, it may work without that washer in there, but it's going to wear out and there's going to be problems at some point. So, so don't think about uh, the, the, that meaning that, that the woman's of less quality, less importance or anything. It's simply the, the fact that God said, hey, this is the order of a relationship. This is how I want to set it up. This is how it's going to work best. Uh, and as I said last week, that's one of the main reasons why God created men with a built-in need for respect. And, and ladies, I told you this last week, all things being equal, respect motivates us, it charges us up, it challenges us, it helps us to be the kind of husband you want. Uh, and, and that's one of the steps to understanding men. Uh, the husband that you want us to be, that's, that, that ideal of respect is going to help. So, ladies, we're going to go a little deeper. How, how are you going to show submissive love? And the, the, the part of verse 22, and men, your time's coming, okay? So, wives, submit to your husbands uh, as unto the Lord. 
Okay, so uh, Denise and I, we don't have any problem with this. I think Denise submits to me, and, and if you just now went, oh, brother, that means you don't understand, okay? Uh, so I think that the reason she's able to do that is not because I'm such a superior leader in our home. It's simply the fact that she submitted to the Lord years ago. And she may pray, Lord, why did you put me in this situation? I don't know. She shuts the door of the closet and the bedroom, uh, bathroom door, so I don't know what she's in there praying about. But, but uh, the Bible says, ladies, you can be submissive as you are to the Lord. That's the first step, is, Lord, I'm going to submit to you. And when, when you're able to do that, you can submit to God's plan because you're already submitted to God and you're saying, God, this is your plan and I'm simply going to follow your place, your purpose, and your plan. I I've seen the YouTube video. I've read the Bible. I've got the manual. And God, I understand. Uh, I'm going to follow that. Uh, and do I always act like the Lord? Of course I do. I mean, of course I don't. Uh, so... Uh, well, I don't always do that. So, and and me and you probably don't always do that either. If you do, if you always uh, if you always act like the Lord, say Amen. If your wife is here, golly, I wanted somebody to say Amen and get that on the side because you know it's coming. Because we don't do that, uh, men. We get it wrong sometimes, don't we? Well, uh, let me put it this way, ladies. We get it wrong sometimes, don't we? There you go. I knew we could get there one way or another. Uh, there's a story Ed Boland tells. He's just a preacher, and uh, he he actually is performing a a wedding ceremony. Okay, and uh, during the wedding ceremony, he forgot the groom's name. Now, if I've done your wedding, if you look at my notes, I have your names written in black ink, bold and underlined, because I don't want to say the wrong name and get to the wrong name and. And but he had failed to do that. He just writ, wrote out his the vows and different things. As he's going along, he's he's trying to remember is his name James or John, and he he knew uh, that he was going to have to ask at some point, you know. And and uh, I've never done that. I did promise to keep our marriage poor. I think I've told y'all that in our vows, and so far I've held that vow up pretty good uh, with, with Denise. Uh, she was smart enough not to repeat it as I did, and incidentally it was supposed to be pure, and I changed that to poor, and, uh, and I immediately realized I'd done that, but uh, we are richly blessed. We had great children. We have even greater grandchildren, and, and God has, has made us rich indeed, but uh, anyway, the pastor, he, he's forgot the groom's first name, and, and uh, he thought, I've got to ask him. So he just said to the groom standing there, what is your name? Is it James or John? The groom said, it's James. And his wife elbowed him and said, it's John. It's not James. You know, So, man, we goof it up sometimes. That could have been on purpose. It could have been by mistake. But, but we don't always get things right, but when we... Uh, when our wives submit to the leadership of, in a godly way, that brings glory to God, and it brings grace to our family. So the, the second thing, God calls wives to submissive love, but men, He calls us to the Savior's love. Now, we see that in verse 25 through 29. It says, Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her, 
to make her holy and cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and present her up to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any blemishes, but holy and blameless before him. And as we read that on down through 28, uh, in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own body, he who loves his wife loves himself, and after all, no one has ever hated his own body, but we feed ourselves, we care for ourselves, just as Christ does the church. So husbands today, if we truly want to take God's manual, we truly want to have the kind of marriage that we desire, uh, we can clearly see that God gives us a great responsibility. Wives have one responsibility, that's to submit to the husband as they do to the Lord. And then husbands, he gives us a list of things. He says, as a godly husband, if you want a great relationship, here's what we as men should be doing. And, and, and we've got a list of things this morning. Uh, we're to love our wives as Christ also loved the church. And that means a lot that we uh, understand God's love. It says in John 15, 13, Greater has no love than this for a man to lay down his life for his friends. Jesus Christ went to the cross. He laid down his life. He paid the ultimate sacrifice. He gave all he was for the church and the church is the bride of Christ. So for the bride, Christ gave his all, and he says, husbands, we should give that same type of love. So we're to love our wives with a supreme love uh, and, and uh, also love her with a serving love. In verse 26 uh, of that passage, we see Jesus is washing the feet of his disciples uh, the night before he went to the cross, went to the cross, the, the the word says he got up from supper, he got a towel and a bowl of water, and he began to wash his disciples' feet. Jesus loved with a serving love. He served the disciples. He served the church. He he served them first, and and that that washing of the feet that was the the job for the lowest servant in the house. In other words, when you went in somebody's house and they had servants, the, the lowest person on the ring of the ladder was the one that washed the feet. And they, they would have had sand from the journey and, and whatever, so they washed the feet at the door, and then when they came in, they would have a, uh, basically have clean feet. They wouldn't track all over the house. And, and God says, men, we're to love in that fashion, that serving-type love. Y'all may remember, some of y'all are too young, but, but Bob Dole, he was a... He was a former senator. He was a World War II hero. At the age of 21, uh, Senator Dole, he ran for president. He was severely wounded uh, in, in battle in, in uh, Italy uh, just two weeks before the, the war ended. <clears throat> he was trying to pull his radio man to safety during an engagement. Uh, over the next three years, it's hard to believe, uh, he was never expected to survive. He, he lost a kidney. He lost the use of his right arm. He, mo he lost most of the feeling in his left arm. But he, he did recover. He was able to live. And of course, you'd know that if you remember Bob Dole. Uh, and the best I can tell, he was a, a good husband. He had a good sense of humor. Uh, but when he was running for president in 1996, an article about Bob Dole and his wife his wife's name was Elizabeth. It appeared in a magazine. And along with this article, there was a picture of Bob and his wife Elizabeth making the bed together. And a male reader of the magazine wrote to Bob Dole 
and expressed great disappointment that Bob Dole would allow himself to be photographed in such a compromising position of making the bed with his wife. Now, that, that, isn't that crazy? <laughs> that somebody said, you're running for president and you let them put a picture of you making the bed with your wife standing there by you. Dole wrote back to him and said, you don't know but half the story. The only reason Elizabeth was even helping was because the, po the photograph went and got her and asked her to come to the room. <laughs> so he, he said, you don't know half the story. She normally don't even help me. You know, and, and, but listen, that's, that's the truth that all of us need to understand. We probably need to do more around the house, but, but he loved with a serving love. And for some people, they said, why, Bob Dole, would you love with that serving love? That's not your job. You're a senator. You're running for president. But he understood God wants us to love our spouses with a serving love. God uh, wants us to love our lives with a, uh, not only a serving love, but a supplying love. A supplying love. Uh, God promised to meet all of our needs according to his riches. In verse 26 and 27, we've already read this, and you can go back and and read it again, it's where he talks about, it's Ephesians 5, he talks about making her holy with the cleansing, with the washing of his word, uh, a supplying love. The, we see the Lord does great things for the church. And, and in verses 29, 28 and 29, the Lord asks us to take care of our wives just like we do our own body. We talked about this in the youth this morning. You know, most of us this morning, I think maybe all of us got up, we... We probably looked in the mirror, guys. I don't know if you looked in the mirror this morning. If you shaved, you probably did. If you, uh, if you combed your hair, if you brushed your teeth, if you, uh, any number of things you may have done this morning. You may have eaten breakfast this morning. You may have drank a cup of coffee. Why did you do all that stuff? Because we take care of ourselves, don't we? And at some point today, we're going to want to eat. And at some point today, I'm going to want to sleep. And I don't know if I'll get to it or not, but, uh, but we, we, we take care of ourselves and we might not look at the mirror and say, man, I'm in love with you. You know, we might not look at that, but we take care of ourselves because we love ourselves. You know, we want, we want to take care of ourselves. And, and the Lord says we, we should love our, our wives as we love ourselves. In other words that supplying love, that meeting her needs. We meet our needs, don't we? Whatever our needs are, we, we try to meet them. If we can meet them to the best we can. But Christ says, you know, we, 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 should, we should love our wives as we love and take care of ourselves. So he desires that we'd have a supplying love. Jesus takes care of the church. He, he says we should take care of our wives. In Deuteronomy 24, uh, 5, it says that we are to cheer up the wife that we have taken. We are to cheer up our wife that we have taken. We give that supplying type love. We do that. Here's the next thing. God wants us to not only love our wives with a supplying love, but a sure, steadfast love. In other words, we, we need to be faithful. We need to be there. Can you imagine Jesus Christ being unfaithful to the church? That never happened. We can't even imagine Jesus being, being untrue to the church. And, and when we think husbands were to love our wives as Christ loved the church, uh, we're to be true to our wives. We're to have that sure love and that supplying love, that supreme love. And, and we, they need, our wives need to have an understanding that we're going to be there. 
and, 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 and we're going to care and we're going to take care and, and we're going to supply and we're going to love her steadfastly. And, and that's why God calls men to love as the Savior loves. So uh, we need to, we need to our, our wives need to understand we're going to be there and you're going to be there. I've got to move on. We're running out of time. So men, we're called to the Savior's love. We're also called as marriage to a sacred love. In verse 28 through 32, it says, The two of them, we looked at this last week, shall become one flesh. There's kind of a sacred link between a husband and wife and between uh, marriage and the church. God desired, uh, God designed uh, that link to give us an example. Husbands and wives, himself and the church, that those kind of link together. When we read these verses, we can see that link, especially in verses 31 and 32, and you're just going to have to read those. You can see that link, that how they link together marriage and in Christ in the relationship with the church. So we're to have that same type of love. God definitely uses human relationships to show that kind of love in a relationship. Christ is the bridegroom. The church is the bride of Christ. I already said that. And God's trying to give us an upward look of what heaven will be like. But also on earth, we can understand how marriages are designed and how they're linked together. Now, uh, there's folks that that have been divorced. I'm not beating up on anybody today. I know folks have been divorced and have great relationships, and there's there's times that we have to move on. There's times that we start a new life. There's, there's any number of things that uh, happen, but I would say we can probably understand that a divorce, a lot of times, there's, there's consequences, whatever they are. There's, there's, there's something that go along with that, whatever they may be. Thank God there's mercy and grace that, that all of that can be changed and we can look at marriage from a spiritual point of view. But I say all that to say God's design for the, the relationship is to be a lifelong marriage. That's, that's His design. If y'all have read Ruth before, uh, Ruth chapter 116, Ruth says, Entreat me not to leave you or return from falling after you, for where I go, for where you go I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. And your people shall be my people, and your God shall be my God. And he's saying, you know, that's the desire. Even after the spouses are gone, even after things have changed, uh, we're to understand that we have been united together with one another. So, so you know, that, that same attitude is found. I, I read a story about Jeff Strite. I don't know who he is. Uh, he had a young fiance. He went to the courthouse to apply for a marriage license. They filled out the papers. The clerk said, now this is good for 30 days. And he kind of looked at her. He said, you don't understand. We want one that's till death do us part. And, and that's pretty good, isn't it? You know, we don't want a 30-day trial period. We want a, a relationship that's till death do us part. And that's what God desires for our marriages today a lifelong marriage with a good experience. Here's the last thing. Why is marriage called that sacred link? Because it leads us to a spiritual life. Uh, I know we can't control our spouses, whether they're uh, a part of the church, whether they're not a part of the church. Wives, the Bible says simply by you being submissive to God, sometimes you'll win your spouse over when they see you. Uh, Men, if we are the leaders of the home and spiritually we're the leader of the home, your wives are going to respond to that as to the Lord. So God wants us to be a part of His church. He wants us to be a part of His church so much that He was willing to send His only Son to the cross of Calvary. Uh, Jesus Christ was willing to come and give His all for the church. 
if we can understand two things, if we can understand uh, what our wives need, they need us to love them uh, as Christ loved the church. Ladies, you're, you need to understand your husband needs your respect and, and, and to love him as you have been submissive to the Lord. And that's the first step to having the kind of marriage you want. I want to close with a story, and i got six minutes. E.V. Hill, I don't know if y'all have heard of him. Uh, he and his wife, his, her, his wife's name was Jane. I've heard him preach before. He was a really good preacher. They had been married a lot of years. Jane passed away in 87 from cancer. Uh, Dr. Hill described his wife as a partner that made him a better man. He says, and she always cherished the night, or I always cherished the night, uh, she was my protector. Now, this is Evie Hill. says, my wife was my protector, and I cherished that night. Evie Hill received death threats. He was working in the inner city of, of L.A., working with gangs, uh, trying to lead them to the Lord. <clears throat> he received a death threat. He got word that he would be killed the next night if uh, he didn't stop messing with gangs. So uh, he, he didn't stop, of course. Uh, he said when he went to sleep, uh, he woke up the next morning. He was thankful to be alive, but he noticed his wife was gone. He looked outside and noticed the car was gone. A short time later, and that was before cell phones, of course, a short time later his wife came driving up. He said, where have you been? You know, you've, you've not been here in a while. And she said this, it occurred to me that these bad guys might bomb your car or put a bomb in your car or actually come to the house. So I got up and I drove around all night uh, so they wouldn't think you was here and they couldn't get to your car. That's love, isn't it? I mean, that, that's her saying, uh, I have a great example of, of love for you. I love you, and, and I want to become your protector. And, and I thought that was a, a, a good example of a, just a tiny drop of the love that Christ has for us. He took our place in, in paying a price for sin. He died upon the cross that we can have eternal life. He loves us, and he doesn't want us to miss out on that life-changing opportunity. Let's pray together. Father, we, we desire so much in a relationship, and uh, whether we're going to be in a relationship later, we may not even know what the future holds, whether we have hopes and plans and dreams of being married in the future, whether we're in the middle of a marriage right now, good or bad, Lord, we know that, that you have a purpose and a plan, and then you've laid that out in your manual for us to have that great relationship between the husband and wife, between the family, Father. You've also showed us how that relates to our relationship with you as the bride of Christ and you, the bridegroom, and you desire uh, that we would follow you, that we would submit to you as your church, as your children, we would submit to you uh, as unto the Lord. Father, I pray that we'd know men and women we are to submit first to you. And Father, the only way... Uh, I believe that, that ladies can submit to their husband as to the Lord. The only way we as men can love our wives as Christ loved the church is by first allowing your love to permeate us, to, to become our driving force in a relationship, to become our driving force in how we respond to one another. So, Lord, I pray that that relationship between you and ourselves would be first 
that we would cultivate that relationship, that we would grow an understanding of that relationship, and then, Father, through that it would spill over into our earthly relationships, especially in the relationship between a husband and a wife, Father. Lord, I pray that you'd give us a, 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 an understanding of your desire for marriage, that you give us a, a picture of our marriage, and Lord, that we would look towards you and fulfill our purpose and our part, not look at our spouse and try to decide uh, if we're going to be uh, loving them as Christ loved the church or be submissive. So, so Lord, I pray our first look would be at you, and then, Father, through that, we might find ourselves uh, in our relationship with you, Father. And I pray this in the name of Jesus.